Thanks for listening to this audio sermon from the pulpit of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America. You can learn more about us by visiting our website, www.covenant-pca.com. Hebrews chapter 11, we'll be reading the first three verses, and then we'll skip to uh, verse 23 for a few verses. Hebrews 11, of course, that marvelous chapter, speaking of the faith of the Old Testament saints, so many of them singled out, not all of them, but uh, a few exemplary ones. We have that standard definition, biblical definition of faith there in verse 1. Let's read together, verses 1 through 3. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, for by it the people of old, speaking of those prior to this time and particularly those in the Old Testament context, for by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Then turn to verse 23. We continue reading concerning Moses. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ, greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. By faith... The people crossed the Red Sea as if on dry land. But the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. God's word. Him having spoken to us, let's respond, singing his Exodus. Chapter 33, we'll continue where we left off two weeks ago. Looking again at that latter part of chapter 33. We'll read verses 17. Through 23. Let's give attention to God as He speaks to us in His holy and errant word. Exodus 33, verse 17. And the Lord said to Moses, This very thing that you have spoken, I will do. For you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. Moses said, Please, Show me your glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But, he said, you cannot see my face for man shall not see me and live. And the Lord said, behold, There is a place by me 
where you shall stand on the rock. And while my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I pass by. Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. May the Lord bless the reading and hearing of his word. Well, Moses has interceded again for the people. And he's asked the Lord, we looked at this closely, verses 12 through 16, last time we were together, two weeks ago in this place. Moses was not content with an angel simply going before them. Even though victory was assured, that was not enough for Moses. What Moses wanted was the Lord to be with them. And so the Lord does that. The Lord wanted, uh, Moses rather wanted the Lord to be with him, but he also wanted the Lord to be with the people. And so uh, he calls him to consider, to remember, this nation is your people. In other words, this covenant relationship you have with these people, Lord, remember this. And so the Lord said, my presence will go with you. And I will give you rest. I, and uh, he goes on to say, How shall it be known that I found favor in your sight, I and your people? Moses asking the Lord this. And remember, we're distinct, Lord. We're your people. How will this be known? So Moses then is replied to by the Lord and says, I'm going to do this thing. This is how... People will know. They'll know because I'm going to do this for you. I'll be with you. I'll be present with you. This very thing that you have spoken I will do, for you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. Then Moses replies and says, Show me your glory, Lord, please. Now, some translations say, Now show me your glory. Uh, some of the older ones, like uh, the, the authorized version, and even the more recent, the New King James Version, uh, uh, say please. Some say I beseech thee or I pray thee. The sense is the, is the same. Please is really a good rendering for us because it, it shows you deference to the Lord. Uh, he's, he's asking of the Lord to show him his glory. Well, in this passage, because we're not going to, in this passage, see what the Lord actually does. He's going to tell Moses what he's going to do. We won't see that until next week in chapter 34, verses 1 and following. But this week, I want us to, I want us to see some things that we, 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 we don't want to leave behind. Some, some little odds and ends here, but very important odds and ends and good things for us in our Christian life. And the first thing is that, that wonderful statement of the Lord that he makes to Moses twice. First, back in verse 16, for how, uh, when Moses, how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight? This is, this is him calling God's remembrance that, Lord, you, you know, you, you have spoken to me kindly. Uh, you, you've, you've taken me through hard times. Uh, you've given me a name. Uh, how, how will the people know this? And the Lord says in verse 17, this very thing that you have spoken I will do. And here's the reason I will do this for you. Because you have found favor in my sight. And I know you by name. And that's the first point that I want you to see out of this passage is the favor that we have with God. Favor with God. 
Now, it can be translated also grace. You have found grace in my sight. You found favor. You found grace. Now, it all begins with, with God showing favor to his people. We read this about Noah, don't we? Remember back in chapter 6, the Lord looks at the population of the world, which was tremendous at the time. No small number of people when the flood comes. And they're wicked. Their intentions are wicked. The Lord's disgusted with these sinful people. But there's one man that has found favor in God's sight. And that's Noah. Noah had found favor in God's sight. And here again, Moses is said to have found favor in God's sight. Now, finding favor in God's sight doesn't mean that Noah had built the ark, been obedient to the Lord. He had done all the right things. And so God says, ah, good. I can be good to you now. He found favor in the Lord's eyes before he had done anything. Finding favor, finding uh, finding yourself in gracious relationship to the Lord means God has acted sovereignly towards you in a favorable way. It's initiated by God. That's what grace is, isn't it? It's unmerited favor. It's God giving us, out of His goodness, something we do not deserve that we could not merit. So here Moses finds favor with God. You found favor in my sight. That's restated in a way when he says, God says in verse 17, And I know you by name. Isn't that wonderful? All through the scriptures, this thing of God knowing his people by name, God giving his people a name. You go to the book of Revelation and you find there how, how particular God is that he names us. We all have a name. We're trophies of grace. He names us. We're his children. That's all part of the, the adoptive process. When God justifies us on the merits of Christ's work and then he adopts us. And he gives us that adopted name. I don't know what my adopted name is yet. You don't either. But we'll recognize it. You all know it when the, when the Holy Spirit speaks with your spirit and says you're a son, you're a daughter of the Most High King. You recognize the voice. You recognize your name being called. Favor with God, Moses, here. In this context, Moses has been dealing with sinners. And he just says, Lord, you know, I just want to be sure I know that you're going to be with me. That you're going to be with us. This is, no, this is no fun without you. There's no way to move forward without you. And the Lord reminds him that you found favor with me. I've given you a name. And I know you by name. Unless Moses had found favor with the Lord. We wouldn't read verse 18. When Moses says, please show me your glory. People who don't know the Lord don't desire His glory. Just think about it. Think about your neighbors who have no interest in the, in the, in the things of the Lord, no interest in the gospel, 
no interest in the church, no interest in eternal things, seemingly. Do you often hear them come and say, you know, I would just love to see the glory of God. Well, that's a ridiculous thought, isn't it? They don't think in those terms. They want to see the next paycheck or the next new car or the next new this or the next that. They don't ask for the glory of God. I wonder about us, you know. Well, we found favor in God's eyes. God loves us. He's given us a name. How does most... How does most of evangelicalism respond to that concept? Well, what I hear mostly is, oh, we're God's people. What do we get for it? Not what do we see. What do we get to see of God? What do we get to know about God because of favor with Him? But here, Moses' response to having found favor in God's eyes, having a special name with God... Something else happens, and he says, show me your glory. So the first thing we have to ask is, okay, have we found favor with God? Have I found favor with God? Do I know favor with God? Do I know that peace that passes understanding, that I have no judgment to face in the future? I can lie down at night and go to sleep. I may be concerned about this, that, and the other, but I'm not afraid to sleep. I can sleep with a, with a clean conscience knowing that it, were I to die tonight, the Lord would be the first one I woke to see. Do we know that kind of favor with God? If we do, then there's an effect that goes with that. And we see that in verse 18. Moses said... You're right. I have found favor in your sight. I do know you by name. Lord, please show me your glory. That's what someone who stands in favor with God wants is God's glory. You know, here's where being in a reformed vein of things changes the way we think. In some traditions, you grow up and your whole conversation is about whether or not you'll be in the rapture or not. And whether or not the persecutions during the seven year of tribulation. Don't worry about it. You don't need to know about this. But the conversation goes something like this. Well, you know, is that for this people or that people? So we know God. We found favor with God. We have a name with God. And we start asking all these speculative questions. We want to wonder about this date and that date. Not Moses. Moses says, I want to see your glory. When you go to the book of Revelation, particularly you get to the end as it unfolds gradually over and over in repetitious form, you get to 21 and 22, and what's it all about? The glory of God. It's all about the glory of God. It's all about what Isaiah saw in Isaiah chapter 6. The Lord high and lifted up. It's not about dates and details and places and whether the Antichrist will be a Jew or a Gentile or a European uh, head of state. It's about the glory of God. A desire for God. That's really what Moses is saying here. He's expressing his desire for God. Now, this is not something new to Moses in a, in a sense. Uh, uh, he's, he's seen 
the glory of God in some measure. If you'll look back with me to chapter 24, we'll look at that for just, just briefly. Chapter 24, as he's been making his way up the mountain. Chapter 24, verse 9, we read this. Then Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel went up, and they saw the God of Israel. There was under his feet, as it were, a pavement of sapphire stone, like the very heaven for clearness. And he did not lay his hand on the chief men of the people of Israel. They beheld God and ate and drank. They saw the God of Israel. Again, we find this similarly. Uh, in chapter 24, verse 16 through 18, just a little earlier. Uh, the glory of the Lord dwelt on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. So in degree they've seen the glory of God. Moses, there's a sense in which Moses is saying, I, I want to live like that always. I want to see the glory of God. That's the desire. Believers, people who have found favor with God, people who have, found, who have been graced by God, desire God. The Lord Jesus Christ... Uh, call this hungering and thirsting for righteousness. Hungering and thirsting for righteousness. That's, that's another way of saying desiring God. So you have to ask yourself, if I claim to have found favor with God and be in right standing with God, is the natural effect applicable to me? Do I desire God? Do I desire to see His glory? Do I desire to see him at work in my life? Well, we trust so. Moses, uh, Moses has seen, as I said, the glory of God in, in degree. But here it seems that he's, he's wanting something, something a little more. As one commentator says... Uh, he's wanting even more of God, other revelations of his character and being. And why is he wanting more? Why is he desiring to know God more? Well, what's the immediate context here? That tells us a lot. And then this is a check on our own life too. What's Moses been involved in? Well, we've been seeing this over and over, his interceding work, his mediatorial work for the people. And why is he having to mediate for the people so much? Because they're sinners. There's no excuse for any of us except sin to not desire God more and more. Moses was not living in a nice, pristine, isolated, not having to deal with sinners you know, some of us, we get that in our mind, you know, sort of the monastery mindset. Well, if I didn't have to deal with sinners all the time, if I didn't have to live with my, my husband, if I didn't have to live with my wife, if my children obeyed better, I could, I, could, I could really desire God. 
the opposite's just what ought to happen. Because we do live with our sinful partners and our sinful children whose hearts are full of foolishness. The Bible says that, y'all. I remember telling a neighbor's child, he was playing in our yard. He was, he was pestering my little girl. And I said, you know, the Bible says that foolishness is, is in your heart. And he said, I'm going to tell my daddy you called me a fool. I said, no, you tell your daddy what I said. Foolishness is wrapped up in the heart of a child. But you know, there's an answer for that. And we began having a conversation about the Lord Jesus Christ. And I said, now you want to go tell your daddy? He said, no, I'm happy. I said, okay. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. And even those of us who are older children-like people, we sometimes forget that no, it's, there's not going to be a perfect situation for us to grow in grace. There's not going to be a perfect situation on this earth where all of a sudden everything's in right order and so my desiring God's going to be right there. It's just this is going to be natural for me to desire God. It's going to be easy for me to desire God. It's going to be easy for me to want to know God better and to see His actions and, and to recognize Him better. Moses, I mean, let's just think about it. Reread chapters 32 and 33 what we've done over the last several Sunday evenings. I mean, Aaron threw golden earrings and stuff in a fire and said, I don't know, Moses, you know, I threw it in there and just came out a calf, man. Is that going to make you desire God? Well, it did Moses. We all sin like that, don't we? And we all know sinners like that in our families, in our workplaces, desiring God. Let me, let me just say it this way. The more we live among sinners, the more we ought to realize our need for God and therefore desire God. I've said this before, but I, you know, the more I live, the more I don't want to. The longer I live, the more I want to be with my Lord and with all those great saints who have gone before. And that's not that I don't love my wife dearly. I want us to die at the same time. Children, sorry. You're taken care of in the will. Everything's okay. But you know, I don't want to be without my wife. I don't want to be without my children. I want them to go at the same time too. I like you all. I'd love for you. Let's all just go together. Not Jim Jones fashion, but you know. But the more I experience the sin of this old world, the more I long for the new heavens and new earth. And that's nothing but the glory of God coming down. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the merciful. Why? Blessed they are because they will see God. Let me read you something. I don't do this often. This is a little bit lengthy, but I want to do this. I don't know if you can see it from here, but the print in this book is, is, is really nice. It's large. I, I'm showing you that to encourage you. You might want to borrow this or even buy a copy of it. This is a, an old book by William Swan Plummer. Plummer was a Pennsylvanian 
But uh, as he grew in grace, he moved farther south and uh, landed in Virginia for a period and then ultimately in South Carolina, taught at the, uh, the Presbyterian Seminary over there in Columbia for uh, the last several years of his life. Uh, wrote many, many, many books, and they're all uh, at, the, at the same time very devotional but very, very deep. This is the little book called The Christian, simply titled The Christian. And it pertains, this portion does, to what the Christian should desire. In all your resolutions, keep your eye on the person, work, grace, example, sufferings, righteousness, power, and intercession of Christ. Without Him, you can do nothing. His blood can cleanse, but nothing else can wash away the stain of sin. His priestly offering can avail for remission, but your tears cannot purge away a single sin. He is mighty to save, and you need an almighty Savior. He's the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. He's the Alpha and the Omega. Look to Jesus. Never forget your dependence upon the power and indwelling of God's Spirit. He is the holy anointing oil with which humble souls are made kings and priests unto God. We are blind, but the Holy Spirit is the eye salve to open the blind eyes. We are dumb in God's praises, but under His power the tongue of the stammerers shall speak plainly. We are sad and despondent in good things, but He's the oil of gladness to all the saints. You see, when you desire God, that's what you're desiring. You're desiring God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You're desiring His forgiveness, fresh remembrance of that every day. You're desiring His Spirit. And that's something we see in the glory of God. God is not spirit. God is not body like we are. He is a spirit. And when these manifestations come in the form of, of His Shekinah glory, these clouds and this fire, it's nothing more than the Holy Spirit being manifested in the Old Testament. The Lord is being seen, being revealed to His people in the Old Testament by virtue of the spirit, Spirit's manifestations. And Plummer says that's what we want. We want more of the Holy Spirit. We want more of Christ. We want to be filled with the Spirit over and over and over again. So we want favor with God. That will lead then to desiring God. And then the Lord does something here. Did you notice this? As you're reading, Moses says, please show me your favor. And he said, the Lord said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. Okay. Moses didn't say, I want your goodness. I want to see your goodness. He didn't say, I want to see your compassion. He said, I want to see your glory. I want to see your glory. And the Lord said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name. I want to see your glory. And God says, I will proclaim something to you. Let me ask you something. Do you see the gospel? Can you see it with your eye? Is it, is it, is it tangible? Is it something you, you can perceive with the eye? Well, the effects of the gospel are. But let's don't confuse the effects of the gospel, the fruit of the gospel, with the gospel itself. Can you see the good news? No. We don't receive the good news by sight. We receive the good news by faith. 
That's why I want to bring this to you right here. Favor with God, desiring God, but our desiring of God will have to be met. We will enjoy God. We will know Him better. We'll pursue Him more faithfully, not by seeing Him, but by believing Him. Faith comes from hearing and hearing from the preached word. And God here turns on Moses and says, Moses says, I want to see your glory. And God says, I will show you my my goodness. I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But you cannot see my face for man shall not see me and live. What God's doing here is simply this, saying, Moses, you have found favor with me. I've given you a name. You're rightly desiring me, and I will will display to you my goodness, my compassion, but you can't see me because I'm spirit. I will proclaim my name. I've given you a name, and I'll proclaim my name You're going to have to believe me and trust me. I'm going to go before you. My presence will go before you and I will destroy your enemies. The Amorites, the Hivites, Hittites, Jebusites, all those ites. I will take care of. But you must follow me. And is it not interesting that in the portion we read in Hebrews, it talks about Moses believing God. Moses Believing God, trusting God, following God by faith. Did you notice what it said there in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1? Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And then Moses is used as an example of someone who lived not by sight, but by faith. So God says, Moses... I'm going to go before you, and you will follow me by faith. And to keep him, and isn't it wonderful? Behold, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock, and while my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed. Then I will take away my hand. You shall see my back, literally backs, speaking of his his immensity, his, his being so encompassing, but my face shall not be seen. God protected Moses in that instance and gives us a a, a lesson, if you will. God does not want us to live by sight. He protected Moses from living by sight, put his hand over his face that he could not see his glory pass by lest he die. He wanted him to live by faith. The Lord commends those who do not have to see and touch like Thomas did for their faith. How much better, the Lord says, living by faith. Having not seen, they believe. Moses had seen God in degree. He wanted more and God says, no, you can't stand more. There's that creator-creature distinction. We as sinners can't take it. But one day, we learn in the New Testament, one day we will see Him. But we will not see Him until we're glorified. Only when we're glorified. 
and have renewed eyes, glorified eyes, glorified body, can we endure and indeed enjoy the glory of God. So God protects us. You cannot see my face. This takes the desire from the realm of sight and puts it in the realm of faith where it belongs. So we ask ourselves, do we, A, do we know God? Do we found favor with God? And that comes by faith in Christ alone. Do we desire God then every day? Is it our desire to, to, to know God and to see Him in all of His fullness? And then do we pursue God by faith? Or are we like those people who say, well, you know, if, if, God would just, if God would just talk to me out of a bush like He did to Moses, well, I'd, I'd believe God. Well, he does better than that. He wrote it down for us. We don't have to walk around looking for burning bushes. Well, if he just wrote on walls like he did for those, those boys in Daniel, I believe he did better than that. He wrote it in a book and said, it's my word to you. The question is, do we believe him? Not do we see, do we believe So do we know, do we desire, do we believe? Those are good questions for us. We need to place ourselves in a position every day to grow in grace so that we can live by faith. Let's do that for his glory and for our good. Let's do that. Father, we do ask that you would cause us to want to know you more. We pray that you'd increase our faith. It is small, often very little and it, uh, it, it gets scared and it gets confused. We need much faith and we ask you for it. We pray this week that we would uh, so desire you that we'd read your word faithfully. We'd pray faithfully. We'd read good literature like the books of William Swan Plummer and other great faithful men. We'd grow in grace and our faith would be built up we'd know you better. Then the world will say that we indeed are a different people. We want to uh, deserve the name Christian. And so we pray that you'd be with us this week in a mighty way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. He leadeth me, O blessed thought. Hymn 600. Let's stand and sing this. For his glory and for our Thanks again for listening to this audio sermon from the pulpit of Covenant Presbyterian Church. These sermons are provided for the edification of church members who wish to hear the sermons again, and for those who are providentially hindered from attending our services. We believe the Bible teaches there is no substitute for faithful attendance to worship and membership in a Bible-believing evangelical church. If you are in the East Tennessee area, we encourage you to visit our church in Oak Ridge. If you reside elsewhere, we encourage you to seek out a good church in your area. For help in doing so, or if you have any other questions or comments, please contact us at cpcsermons at gmail.com. Again, you may learn more about us by visiting our website, www.covenant-pca.com. Blessings to you. Good.